You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is 8.02 a.m. on May 10th, 51023. It is the day we launch Alpha Collective in New York City. I've um, <clears throat> been talking to myself a little bit and trying to uh, figure out the best way to frame it. And um, each time I think I nail it and then I forget it. Um, but I think it would begin something like being able to talk about how the timing, the timing and the place couldn't be better to launch Alpha Collective. The place meaning New York City, Madison Avenue, the, the idea of you know the marketing epicenter of the world, if you think about it. Um, certainly when it comes to leadership, when it comes to recognizing New York's role in, in the metaverse, it's so, you know, there's this almost juxtaposition, almost seems like New York has ceded, can, you know, leadership to wherever, to some virtual place, probably to Miami, actually. I mean, if we're, if we're being like, if we're being real about it, um, but in terms of the time and the timing, this is the right time. This is the perfect time. This is, you know, being able to determine, are we too late? Are we too early? But also just looking back at the past and seeing our history repeats itself again and again and again. The reference of dot-com, the boom, the bust, the bubble, 
Um, the fact that consumers will always lead us, um, they will never lead us astray. And when we think about the world and how it's changing, and what people are looking for, purpose, um, justice, fairness, um, it just seems like everything is converging on this moment, on this time right now. And we have the means and the mechanism and the motive and we have technology, we have the blockchain to help us power this new way, this new vision of community capitalism. So I'm super excited. Um, you know, we'll talk about, um, you know, one of the things about selling that's so interesting is, you know, when it feels natural and normal, it doesn't feel like selling anymore. And I always, I'm always like surprised by how uncomfortable people are about selling. And I am too. But you know, tonight, like I feel like, sitting and talking to people in the audience, I'm almost, you know, I'm almost, um, the message is almost, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. Take advantage of this no-brainer opportunity. Take advantage of an opportunity to pay one ETH for a pass that will have your price frozen in perpetuity. Take advantage of being able to come aboard, come to dinner. I mean, it's kind of cool if someone actually does buy a pass today and then they're like, I just bought my pass, can I come to dinner? Sure you can, come join the speakers, come join Deloitte, come join Come join the founders. Isn't that cool? You know, just to be able to like, I mean, if you think about the essence of it, you pay $1,800 in the form of one ETH. If you've got the crypto, you're not really paying for anything, are you, right? Because it's there. Um, and now you come to dinner. So you, free event, you know, free dinner, price frozen, top shelf access at, at future events, and, you know, the ability to be part of the 100 ETH, um, that's a hundred, that's essentially $200,000 that we will be giving back to our members. The provisor is, and you you guys know this, but the provisor is once we sell out that hundred eth will go into will go into a community uh pool and will be paid you know one third one third one third for up to three contributions so if I'm away, if I can't make the com- the collective cafe and a member says I'll run it for that day, they'll get back essentially at the moment about six hundred dollars of their one eth purchase. Or if they pay $2,500 fiat, uh, they'll get more. You know, they'll get basically about $800 back. And um, I mean, that's unprecedented. It's completely unprecedented. And uh, there's just going to be so many more more value, more, va- uh, more, more value add coming out. I want to also jump to um, yesterday was kind of surreal for me because I actually had a about a 30-minute working session with ChatGPT. I actually worked with ChatGPT, um, very cordially talking and, you know, and, and saying, hmm, I'm not sure, let's try again. You almost got it. Um, you know, if anything, my one reflection with ChatGPT is it's a little too kiss-ass. <laughs> it's a little too, like, whatever I say, it will come back by saying, that's a great point or I see what you I see what you mean or I never thought about that. Um, 
we, I suppose that will, you know, the singularity or the sentient, you know, moment will be, you'll have your chat GPT going, I'm not really sure I agree with you on that one. And here's why. So that was an interesting experience. But here's what I created yesterday. So I have it in at Fiverr at the moment. Soon we won't need Fiverr. Fiverr will be gone for the most part when we can actually ask ChatGPT or some similar program. It's probably there already. I mean, Canva, they're probably all experimenting with it to actually create the infographic. Um, but I've, I've briefed into Fiverr, to a freelancer at Fiverr, to now update that chart. And, and what I did with ChatGPT, not only did we create the corresponding column for leaders who disrupt. Not only did we do that, but we actually added five new characteristics. So they're now 15 instead of 10. And we have leaders who deliver, leaders who destroy, leaders who disrupt. And we have examples for each one. So the leaders who destroy are typically um, like Elizabeth Holmes. That was one of the examples given through ChatGPT. Um, the leader who delivers is someone like like Indira uh, Indira, uh, Indira, Indira Nui, uh, who is the former. I hope I got her name right. The former um, uh, CEO of Pepsi, uh, but also Mary Barra is another one um, from GM. And then, of course, leaders who disrupt. I fed that in. That was fairly obvious. Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, etc. I'm like so proud of the IP that came out of it. Just the whole process like kind of blew me away. Just finding a little infographic, I mean a little diagram randomly on LinkedIn, feeding it into the collective cafe, coming out with a whole new category. I mean, it's like mastermind of note. Um, Even though it was, you know, for the most part, me kind of like solo, but can you imagine what happens when, when we're actually doing this all together, how powerful that is. And then coming up with the stuff. Let me let me give you an example. I can't wait to share this with you. So let me just let me just find one of the examples. Okay. Um I just want to make sure that it's the right one because I changed it a little bit. Uh do 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 okay. So for example, uh leaders who deliver. Uh, they build trust and loyalty. Leaders who destroy, they breed distrust and fear. Leaders who disrupt, they inspire trust through both faith and action. I basically wrote that one. Um, I'll give you another one. Um, Leaders who deliver, they invest in their people's growth and development. Leaders who destroy, they see people as expendable resources. Leaders who disrupt, they allow people to function autonomously and independently to figure it out themselves. Um, a lot of this was me. You know, they're kind of working through ChatGPT. Like this one, here's another one. Um, uh, like leaders who deliver, they talk about, they talk endlessly about responsibility. Leaders who destroy, they talk endlessly about accountability. Leaders who disrupt, they talk endlessly about possibilities. Um and I will give you one more as well, which I, I mean, we said in our session, leaders who deliver, they review wins and losses with equal passion and discipline. Leaders who destroy, they move on from wins and interrogate failures. Leaders who disrupt, they inter- they interrogate wins and move on from failures. I love that one. Um, 
let me give you one more. You'll like this one. Uh, this is completely new stuff, right? So the new ones were um, collaboration and teamwork. So, you know, uh, leaders who deliver. So this is all completely new stuff. Leaders who deliver, they foster collaboration and teamwork. Leaders who destroy, they create divisions and promote competition. Uh, leaders who disrupt, they encourage diverse thinking and challenge groupthink. Um, then there was one about people. Then there was one about ethics. Um, so leaders who deliver, this all came from ChatGPT, right? Leaders who deliver, they uphold ethical standards and corporate responsibility. Leaders who destroy, they prioritize profits over ethics. Leaders who disrupt, they balance disruptive innovation with social responsibility. That was kind of an easy option. Uh, then there was one about risk-taking. I may as well just, just read you the last one. Uh, they co- leaders who deliver, they carefully evaluate and mitigate risks before making decisions. Uh, leaders who destroy, they often overlook or underestimate risks, leading to reckless decisions. And leaders who disrupt, they embrace risks as opportunities for innovation, preferring to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Obviously, that's that's a Jaffeism if I've ever seen one. So, like, this was just, like... It blew me away. It blew me away so much that I even at the end, I, I said to ChatGPT, I was like, like wow, like we, we nailed it. What a great team. Thank you so much for, for this session. And like ChatGPT said, you're welcome. I thought so too. This was, this was great work, you know, basically. Um, and then, I, and then I, I said to my wife, I said, um, you know, this was like working with someone that I would have probably paid about 80 to $100,000 for. That blew me away. Like this, this was the quality of work that came out of it. And it was teamwork. It really, really was teamwork. I mean, I captured the whole conversation backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, you know. Um, but it took curation. It took me to be like, there is no way someone, there's no way not someone else, other people, sure. But for the most part, um, you could not have done this if you didn't have the skill set, if you didn't have the insight, the vision, the ability, the capability um, of a thought leader, of a, you know, a subject matter expert, which could be me, it could be you as well. So that was amazing. So anyway... Um, to finish the thought, um, uh, Will is here. He's going to be joining. Uh, he's coming into New York for the event, which is amazing. He's coming to dinner. He's a full member. He's just bought into the the collective, which is amazing. Um, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens. Um, if anyone chooses to buy during the session, they literally will join us for dinner. Um, we have uh, Will. We have about ten, we're booking for ten to twelve people. So we've got like a Deloitte team of about five, including their keynote speaker. Um, and then there's myself. I think uh, Greg Vadino, one of our speakers, is definitely coming. I'm hoping Shira Lazar comes. Um, you're coming and maybe one or two other people that buy. It should be, it should be amazing. Um, I'm super, super excited. We have about 75 people um, that, are, um, that are registered. Um, and it's a beautiful day. So it's possible that... that a hundred could come. It's possible fifty could come. You know, generally with New York, you look for a, you know, you <laughs> you you understand if fifty percent show up. Um, but it'll be very interesting because you know, like one of the things I'm going to say today is, you know, New York needs this. New York 
New York should lead this. New York needs and should lead this. It's like, you know, we're New York City, for God's sake. I mean, we're the we're the epicenter of, you know, marketing and advertising. And, you know, we should be, uh, we should have a point of view with, uh, with Web3. And it shouldn't just be Austin or Miami, you know, and it shouldn't also just be the DJs running around. We need the corporates. We need the Fortune 500 to show up. But, uh, Will, um, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm being a little lazy this morning. Just woke up looking forward to the drive after an eight-day stretch of working. It's going to be a long day. <laughs> Probably won't get home till about three in the morning. i uh, got to get back up and get back to work again tomorrow at eight. So, But I'm excited about it. Um, it's, uh, you know, I love the Big Apple. Of course, New York is uh, where I was born and raised. Um, living in Pennsylvania now, I kind of miss home. Um, and it's going to be just really exciting to kick uh, this thing off. You know, we, we've got a really, really exciting thing happening here. Um, and Web3, people don't even know what that, a lot of people don't even know what that means yet. And so uh, we're really ahead of the curve on that for sure. Uh, and really looking forward to hear what you got to say, you know, with, with some of these speakers I have to talk about. Um, and uh, it's just all about community. You know, and that's why I'm doing this, brother. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty exhausted right now. It's going to be an exhausting day, but I, I absolutely think it's worth it for sure. And I can't wait to hang with you tonight, brother. Yeah, it's 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 going to be such fun. And um, and I don't know if you, uh, um, I don't know if you managed to. Maybe Peggy will pop in here. Whether uh, if you if Peggy Peg Peggy if Peggy's going to come. Manny was hopefully going to come. Um, and. Uh, and he, um, but he's he's flying out to Nashville for a gig. Uh, but yeah, it should it 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 should be interesting. You know, like I just I want, I'd, I'd love the room. I I just want to feel a sense of like you you have this like uh, this. I mean, I have this always this fear. I think we all have the fear that no one's going to show up to your birthday party. You know, it comes from like being a kid. You know, like you just <laughs> you just don't want to like be the only person there holding the bag, uh, so to speak. But um, Faith is important too, you know. Have faith, and um, I'm still gonna gonna do a fair amount of work as soon as um, as soon as our coffee is done this morning. Uh, I'll get the podcast up. I'll also just get the show, my show today with Matt Thieleman up, um, and then and then it's just kind of like focus the rest of the day until I head into the city at about two. Um, just on kind of invites and reminders, and um, and see you know see who comes. Listen, who who comes will benefit. Who doesn't will miss out. Um, I I really believe that. You know, I think I think that um, I really do think that that the right time is now. I mean, history and precedent have shown us that during times of massive volatility and uncertainty and um, you know, and and disruption. Some of the greatest companies are formed, and I'm certainly not referring to Alpha Collective. I'm referring to to Web three and, and some of these Web three companies that will lead this this um, revolution. I heard so many people, even at Consensus, saying this is an evolution. This is this is the evolution of capitalism, but it is a revolution of sorts. It's not, you know, I mean, it's not revolution of capitalism doesn't land well at all. This is the evolution. This is where capitalism was meant to go. You know, and 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 the essence of it is you take a small step back to move a giant step forward, right? You grow the pie, you grow your profits, you grow your competitive advantage. All of those key KPIs will grow 
by actually whether you want to call it giving up a little but i don't think it's giving up it's it's sharing a little bit more it's being more fair and more equitable i mean even if it even comes back fundamentally to the fact that we talk about word of mouth like every single time one of your customers refers or recommends or rates or reviews i mean i wrote this stuff in flip the funnel why are you not rewarding them and and, and i know the answer the answer was, well, you don't want to grease their palms, right? That's the problem with a lot of these engaged to earns and and a lot of uh, influencer marketing is there's no disclosure, there's no um, there's no transparency. But on the blockchain, there's complete transparency. And if you are a thousand true fan and you actually share in, you're part of the ecosystem. It's all there, you know. It's all there. It's all. You know, on public, it's all it, it it's all available publicly. It's in your badge. It's in your profile. It's you know, it's in your role, etc. Um, and it's all automated. Um, it's it's a fantastic time to think about things like, you know, and you know how I look at it, right? Purpose, diversity, equity, inclusion, and access, and loyalty. These are three massive priorities for corporations rather than have a discussion about the metaverse or have a discussion about you know secondary you know secondary markets we can do that but at the highest level um it is about survival thrival competitive advantage growth customer intimacy at the highest level and companies will you know companies really are at that fork in the road you know do you do you do you take this path or do you stay on the path you're on? Because I can tell you the path you're on is 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 the wrong path for the most part. I mean, I can say that definitively that there is nothing there is there is no I mean th- there is no upside right now about the status quo. And I mean that on every level with respect to talent, with respect to differentiation with respect uh, with respect to engagement with respect to authenticity companies are an endangered species i mean i did write the book built to suck and i stand by it and uh and i stand by life after the 30 second spot i stand by the fact that that no one lives forever no man no woman no person no civilization no dynasty no empire lives forever it's a very dangerous word empire no empire lives forever every dynasty civilization every empire typically was run by an autocrat by dictator by hubris by arrogance every one of them thought they could live forever and rule the world every megalomaniac every dictator they all failed they all fell by the wayside no one no one has been able to cheat the sands of time. And the only way, as Charles Darwin once said, is it is not the strongest of species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one that is the most adaptable to change. And that is where we are right now. And that's super, super cool. Now it just comes down to seeing how we can get people to buy membership. And, uh, you know, some do it very easily because they just see the vision and they say, hell yeah. And some will give you a thousand reasons to say no. 
like I've always said, you know, it's easy. It's easy to say no. It's much harder to get to yes. It's much harder to get to yes. Getting to yes is the ultimate challenge. And there's so many people that like say, just say yes. Just say yes and then figure it out later. That's how we should be in business. Sure, someone brings you an idea, great. Now let's figure it out. So today, you know, it's Wellness Wednesday and I wanted to chat a little bit about this idea of, you know, here I am, it's like, you know, the beginning of the day, have the event today, been trying to get this off the ground for a year. Um, and I was thinking like, you know, what, what if your best is not good enough? What if you tried your best? I mean, we say this to our kids all the time. We say, I don't need you to be the best. I just need you to try your best. We're not talking about, you know, participation trophies. We're we're talking about this idea of just do your best. Like literally give it everything you've got. But what if it's not good enough? What then? Do you wave the white flag? Do you say, I tried and, and I, just, I just couldn't get it over the line? Does that mean you're a failure? You know, what do you do then? What do you do if you, if you actually are able to, to, as I call it, you know, TOD, call time of death? And uh, post-mortem, cry, mourn, do whatever you have to do, uh, but then move on. And I, I mean, I don't have a, an easy answer for this as well. Uh, but sometimes you just have to like kind of like today, I, you know, yesterday I didn't do much on the recruitment side. Uh, I had to go to JFK. I picked up my son. Um, I got a haircut. I, you know, I did some work. Um, but at this point I had to like start to say, okay, look, I gave it my all. I gave it a hell of a push. Now I've just got to kind of sit back and hope that the that the others did help, you know, like because it's not it's not just me alone. That's the thing. Like w- when you live in a world and you exist in a world where it's just you, when you're the only person, uh the man, the woman, the leader, the, you know, the it's so lonely. It's a horrible place to be when you don't have a team, when you don't have people that have your back, that will go to, go to bat for you, that will go to war for you. You know, for me, um, I've got Eric Hadley who's been helping me out. Um, I have all of you. You know, I have, you know, I know, Will, you've been, you know, you've been spreading the word as well. Uh, Rini, you've been spreading the word as well. I'm sure, Bez, I saw you retweeted and Chris, you retweet my stuff as well. Um, and then there's the Deloitte people. Um, and you would think, I mean, when last I checked, they have a few employees and a few clients. Um, surely they, you know, can, you know, you've got to trust them to be able to give it a kick as well. There's something very powerful about submitting, about actually being like, it's, it's a different kind of vulnerability when you actually let go and you actually just um, like the, the classic example is this idea, uh, I use this a lot, is, you know, going with the flow, right? Being the current, like, like if you fight the current, the backwash, the whatever, too much, you will surely drown. 
But sometimes when you just lie on your back and you just go with the flow, you go with the current, quite literally, um, it is a way to, to survive. Go up and down the waves and just, and just let it take you. Let it take you in a direction. Submit. You know, let go of control. And uh, with, with the faith and the knowledge and the hope and the belief that you, in fact, did your best. So it's a different spin, right? What if your best is not good enough? Well, sometimes what you have to be able to do is, is try your best and then let go. And then say, I did everything I could. Now let's see what happens. It's that missing link. First, let's, like, how do you know? How do you know your best is not good enough? Well, you've got to be able to give it a, give it a go, uh, I was listening to, you know, Deepak Chopra, and he said, um, he said, anxiety is the fear of a past trauma repeating itself in the future, something like that. So, anxiety is is based on a a fear of a future event. And I suppose that may or may not be connected to something that's happened in the past, but generally trauma is, um, you know, something that has happened before. So the anxiety that I may have of who shows up or who doesn't show up, will the event be a success? Well, it hasn't happened yet. Why be anxious? Why be fearful? Why have negative feelings or emotions about something that hasn't happened yet? And, and, and that based on certainly previous or past events. Well, New York, you know what New York's like. And, uh, you know, as opposed to, as opposed to, it's a beautiful day. As opposed to, you know, all the positive things. Hey, you've got Deloitte sponsoring you. As opposed to, you've got some fantastic speakers. You know, as opposed to, here are all the reasons why it's going to go well versus here's why it won't. It's a different mindset. And, you know, I'm happy to get woo-woo. I don't mind it. But I don't know enough about this idea of, like, manifesting and, you know, willing something to come into, into existence. But I believe in it. I believe in the – in um, even Deepak was talking about karma – it's a different definition of karma with respect to how he defines it. But with respect to energy, with respect to this idea of if you, you know, if you believe something is going to be bad versus you believe it's going to be good, there, there must be some impact or influence or, or, or energy transfer that happens. So I wonder what your thoughts are just in general, this idea, you know, what if your best is not good enough? What if you did everything you could and still it wasn't good enough? Well, I mean, I think there are two parts to it. I think the one part is being able to call time a death, being able to call it a day, live to fight another day, um, be able to walk away, be able to, you know, to close a chapter to, to finish a chapter to close a book to start a new one to move on i think moving on is got to be one of the hardest things in life whether it's 
a breakup, whether it's death, whether it's dealing with trauma, um, it it's it's just really hard. It's really hard to let go. That's another thing in this interview that Deepak was talking about is this, like, I mean, it's just, I don't know how he does it. But this idea that, like, your thoughts are not, like, I, I, I don't even know if I can articulate it, but he was basically, like, saying, like, everything that's happened to you or every thought is not real. It's just a perception. It's it's just like life is this dream and, and, and the whole goal of life is just to wake up, is to be awake from this dream. And it's like, but but I mean, it was just like, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this whole damn interview again with Deepak because there was so much stuff happening in it where you realize that your thoughts and your perception of the world and everything happening to you ultimately, you know, is not real. And if you allow it to impact you and influence you and change you, and then then it does affect it, your reality. But it is a perception of that reality, of what someone said or what someone did or what happened, as opposed to, being able to kind of see a bigger picture and reflect on these thoughts, opinions, ideas, events, and they don't impact you at all other than being able to ponder, to you know, consider, to discuss, to debate. That's why, I mean, last night I, um, I did Founders Institute and... Uh, First time it's ever happened, I gave two fives and two ones. And just as a reminder, the way Founders Institute works is, you know, the, well, in this case, it was called Mentor Idea uh, Review. So that a three minutes to, first time they were ever presenting their ideas, three minute pitch. Um, you know, even if they're two seconds late, they get stopped. And then we give them a one, two, four, or five. And the way I define it, five means I would invest, four is I would advise. Two is, you know, minor problems but fixable. One is major problems, maybe not fixable. And for the first time, I gave two fives, but I also gave two ones. And I actually said to them at the end, I said, the biggest gift I can give you is a one or a two. The worst thing I can do is give you a four or a five at the moment. Because the one or the two is honest. And you can do, if you take the advice, if you can actually build on this stuff, one of them, one of the ideas is funny because it was a woman and she was like, oh, I'm from advertising in Madison Avenue. And, you know, and she was so, um, she was so confident, almost overconfident. And she kept on saying, you know, I'm a busy, I'm a busy woman. I'm a career woman. I'm a busy mom. There's no unified platform for scheduling, you know, and, uh, and her whole idea was a one-stop shop or one-stop solution for scheduling, um, you know, meetings or, or appointments or doctor's appointments and on one platform. And I, I said to her, look, I, I just, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, my, my wife, when she needs to schedule something, she just goes to our shared calendar on Apple and just sets it up and it's in all of our diaries. I said, I would hire you tomorrow. I would hire you tomorrow to work for my company. You're dynamic. You're passionate. You're, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're super smart. Like whatever. Like you. Like I would hire you, but I'm not sure that you're a startup founder. 
I'm not sure that this idea is is what you think it is. And um, she went off camera afterwards, uh, which I found very interesting. Um, may very well have been coincidence, may very well have been that, you know, her kid was running around or she was making dinner or something like that. Um, but she shouldn't have, that was very bad optic because it showed me that she couldn't take the feedback or the or the criticism and i said it with i said it you know um i said it respectfully and i said it kindly you know i you know and i, I repeated it again at the end but what i found funnily enough it's not even about tough love it's about being able to kind of realize that sometimes especially if you know the other person is really coming from a good place and means well, and wants to help you. This is not just about, you know, being cruel to be kind. Um, this is about being honest. Um, and, and the question is, can you take it? But more importantly, it's, it's more than this, because none of us can really take criticism, let's be honest. No one wants to be told that their baby is ugly. No one wants to be told that they're not good enough or what they've done is not good enough. Nobody wants that. But, as I said, it's more than just taking the criticism. It's being able to say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. One of the most powerful ideas that's come out of this um, this uh, collective cafe, and I was thinking about this, like honestly, and I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you guys, that, that I think, I think the, the price of Alpha Collective of a pass is worth it just based on the Collective Cafe and the sessions we've had. And I'll bet you every single one of you agree that the conversations we've had here, the consistency of those conversations have just been phenomenal. It's been one of the most, you know, I was talking to Rini about it yesterday. She's, she's been to two sessions. She said, I learned something I learned something new in both of those sessions, things that I could actually implement and use. And one of those things was this idea of like the, like the Forrest Gump approach. And specifically talking about when he just started running. And he ran and he ran and he ran and he ran and he just kept on running and he grew this long beard and, ever, and, he, and he attracted a, you know, a following groupies, a posse, a cult, whatever you want to call it. And then one day he just stopped. And they all, they all like, you know, stopped behind him. They were waiting. What next, oh wise one? What are we doing next? Where are we running to next? You know, and I think they asked him that. What now? You know, waiting for the profound words. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to go home. And he just went home. And I love that. It's not necessarily that his best wasn't good enough. He was just like, okay, the end. Let's do something else. And I think that's, is there reconciliation with what if your best is not good enough? Yeah, there is. If your best is not good enough, then you do something else. Remember that, that, um, that amazing session we had with the Frank D. Gods? It might have been the same session. We tried some shit, we learned some shit, and now we're trying other shit. That, to me, is the essence of life in a tweet from some 23-year-old bro degen dude. Whether he knew it or not, he's a philosopher. 
because you tried your best. Maybe it was good enough. Maybe it wasn't. You try something else. You move on. And, and that is the journey. That is the beautiful, beautiful journey. Today, the, uh, the POAP code is surrender. And the image is a white flag. You wave the white flag. I, you know, I don't want to say the word I give up, but I surrender. Because surrender is a more powerful word. Sure, you can surrender to the enemy. Sure, you can surrender to, to an opponent. But you can also surrender to yourself or just surrender by being vulnerable by submitting, by not giving up, but maybe giving in or allowing yourself to be taken by the current. And maybe something else comes along. And, and you know, amidst everything, one of the things that's, that's interesting, I think it even came up with one of those... Um, uh, one of those elements from leaders who disrupt. Um, let me see if I if I found it. I think maybe I took the word out, but it was this idea of force, forcing change or forcing something, versus versus being a little bit more um, not forceful, but the opposite of forcing. When you force something, you try too hard. You do too much. Um, putting in too much effort can be as bad as putting in too little effort. When you force, you know, when you force something, it's not natural anymore. So there's there's something very powerful about surrendering to this idea that said, I did my best. And I did my best does not mean, it's not a euphemism for I did, didn't do my best. It means literally that I did my best. Just to be clear, you know, I tried my best is different to I did my best. Because if you tried your best, you can try harder. But if you can unequivocally say you did everything in your power, and how many of us can really say we did everything we could have done? But then at some point, we have to stop, right? Remember the whole conversation about when digging oneself into a hole, the best thing to do is to stop digging. So sometimes if you just keep on, you know, it's like this idea of you can hit your head against a wall, but at some point you're going to pass out. You have to stop. And that's balance and it's it's a judgment call and it's art and it's everything, Maybe it would have taken one head bang and the wall would have cracked or crumbled. But maybe also you would have ended up with, uh, with damage. And I think how do we know this? We know this through community. We know this by surrounding ourselves with people that have our backs, that care about us. It helps when we're in this together. When we have a wing man or a wing woman or wing person, it helps when, when there's a team it helps when you're not the only person at the top, lonely at the top of, you know, sitting on your throne, on, you know, on your ivory tower. It's tough at the top, but it's worse at the bottom 
is a is a saying, right? It's kind of like a jokey saying, but I don't think that's true at all. It's tough at the top, period. It's not worse at the bottom. In fact, you'll probably find less stress, less pressure, less complexity, less politics at the bottom. You can be very, very, very happy at the bottom. I, you know, I spoke about this idea that I think where you don't want to be in life is stuck in the middle. Like middle management is the biggest challenge, I think, from a corporate organizational standpoint. Entry level's awesome because typically you've got everything to learn, you've got everything to gain, you've got nothing to lose, you're young, you don't, you know, I mean, even if you look at the, the corporate life cycle from an employee standpoint, when you're starting something new, you know, you're, you, you don't have skin in the game, you're, you know, it's, life is awesome. You don't, you can clock out at five if you need to. And I suppose, you know, the opposite is it could be true too. When you're at the top, yeah, you've got different levels of responsibility, but you're also getting paid a lot. You have power, you have you know, autonomy, you have responsibility, um, et cetera. But like being stuck in the middle is super tough. We, when we think about change, we think about, you know, AI, we think about new jobs, new, you know, if you're, if you're in the middle, like the hardest thing to be, I mean, just even age-wise, the hardest the hardest thing to be is probably 40 to 60 maybe or 50 to 60 or somewhere like that where you know like i'm 52 years old i i refer to myself as unemployable who's going to hire a 52 year old right now in a corporate position especially with the fact that that in general in general by the way i haven't worked for a corporation since 2002 I'm unhirable. People say, you're not unhirable. I'm like, yeah, I am. Nobody wants to hire a 52-year-old with a mortgage, with kids, with college, with Evra, with, with everything like that. For what I need to be paid, I'm definitely not worth it. I'm in the middle. I'm stuck in the middle. Or the 45-year-old middle manager, it may not even be an age thing. It might just be a middle management thing. Because it requires so much unlearning. And the unlearning is the worst part. You know, it's the classic example of you're the silver hair or the salt and pepper haired executive, 65, 70, whatever. You know, you're just counting down the days for, you know, and to retirement. I'm, I'm generalizing here a tad. Um, but you've got your 401k, you've got your second home, you've, you've got enough, you should have enough of a backup plan. You should be somewhat protected and isolated. And the entry-level people, you know, I mean, again, the stakes are so much lower for them. Hey, listen, the toll booth, you know, didn't work out, go do something else. There's always, you know, working at a McDonald's or whatever the case may be. But it's the, the rot of middle management that represents the biggest challenge. That's when you're stuck in the middle. So we gotta get out, we gotta get unstuck. Not in general, but we gotta get unstuck from the middle. We gotta pick a lane. 
We've got to pick a path. We've got to have a position. We can't be all things to all people because then we'll end up being nothing to nobody. And at that point, if our best is not good enough, maybe it is time to Forrest Gump the shit out of it and just try something else. The good news is that there is time. There's always time. Time is is a you know false construct to a degree. Or it's a changing construct, I should say. 50 is the new 40. 40 is the new 30. 60 is the new 50. Maybe even less. I don't feel like a 52-year-old. I feel like a kid in some respects. My body says otherwise, but my mind is, you know, and my, and my, my outlook uh, there's a spring in my step. There's a twinkle in my eye. And the world is actually, you know, whether we think about longevity, whether we think about medicine, whether we think about holistic solutions, hell, whether we think about, you know, um, uh, plants and um, and this whole kind of psychotropic and psilocybin. I mean, the whole world is... And, and then layer on top of that um, the work from home and the side hustle and the you know and and this changing world we're living in. There's a lot of turmoil and volatility and uncertainty, but with that is a tremendous amount of opportunity. Tremendous amount of opportunity. And the best way to figure out what path to be on, what flag to wave is A, to do it with other people, and B, to talk about it. Simple as that, really. Bounce it off people, you know. I mean, I even said, um, uh, one of the founders, I said to them, hey, like, I got I got two people in my collective cafe, I was referring to Bez and Chris, who could give you some real good feedback on your pitch. That were, that were, it was like a... Um, uh, essentially referral-based recruiting a la Airbnb and Uber. So what, you know, Uber is to the, uh, you know, to the ride, to ride sharing and the sharing, it was all like the sharing economy, like Uber is to cars, Airbnb is to, you know, rentals and accommodation. And this idea was to recruiting. And I was like, hey, you know, come show up. Ask them. They'll tell you. They'll give you feedback. They're they're good people. Have the conversation. And listen, hopefully you'll like what they have to say. But if you don't, well, then you have a decision, don't you? Do you wave the white flag? Do you kind of call time a death? Do you move on? Or do you keep fighting? Neither is neither neither answer is wrong, and neither one is right. It's a judgment call. You know, I have no idea um, where this is going to. You know, like I mean, I know, I know. I can tell you. Like I can look at you t- today. I'll look at you in in like I'll actually look at you. In the eyes, well, and I'll say, 
I believe this is a winner. This is a great product. It's a great service. It's a great solution. It's a great experience. It's at the right time. Can I execute? Will the market respond? There are lots of question marks and unknowns. I know that this is a great product. But there are certain forces that are outside of my control. But does it mean that I'm, that I'm waving the white flag? In this case, hell no. Maybe it's because I feel I could do more. And if I get to a point where I say I tried my best and it wasn't good enough, then maybe I will call time of death and wave the white flag. But I don't think I've even remotely hit my stride yet. And maybe part of the answer is surrender and submission. Not surrendering and saying I give up, but surrendering by saying I give in, give in to the community. Isn't that the most beautiful idea? Give in to the community. Don't ask the question, what do you think, and then they tell you, and then you're not prepared to act on it. That's different. But when, when your thousand true fans are also your thousand members, you're a winner. When your thousand true fans are, you know, have skin in the game with respect to your band, your group, your book, your project, your company. You know, as I was saying to someone the other day, the, the concept of the ESOP, the Employee Share Owned Program, now we are getting to a point of CSOPs, customer share owned customer share owned programs. Except the shares are now basically NFTs or tokens. So it's a it's a it's a CTOP. There you go. It's a CTOP. I had to like kind of think about that for a minute. CTOP. Customer token owned program. That's your that's the answer, right? That's how community capital capitalism lives through the C top. And those tokens are POAPs and they're NFTs and they're coins slash currency. They're all of the above. They're all tokens. A POAP's a token, an NFT is a token. Fungible tokens, non-fungible tokens, soul-bound tokens. I mean, that's that's really what's happening here. All minted, verified, immutable on the blockchain. And that is the future of business. With purpose, with justice, with loyalty. And in doing so, eliminating greed, um, autocracy, politics, power, all of these characteristics were what was considered to be a great leader in the 50s, in the 60s, you know, Chainsaw Dunlap, as we, L Dunlap, as we've, you know, spoken about maybe 
several months ago here in the Collective Cafe. Leaders who destroy versus leaders who deliver versus leaders who disrupt. In a way, it's kind of like a bit of a timeline. Right, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s versus the 90s, the 100s, the 10s. But now the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s are going to be leaders who disrupt. So we've moved from destroy to deliver to disrupt. I must say the session yesterday, the session we had together and then the session I had with ChatGPT was like life-changing for me. Like I just loved... I'm like such a geek. I loved how, for whatever reason, you know, we decided, I don't know whether it came from me or came from one of you, but but like, like I always believe these sessions are all group sessions, collaborative sessions. Just by you sitting in the audience and listening, you are part of this. Um, but I loved how we went into this discovery. You know, there were like these little conversations, right? What's the difference between responsibility and accountability? But I loved how we went through the 10 deliver versus destroy for Steve Jobs. And my sense was kind of Jobs was eight destroy to deliver. And I was like, but that just doesn't sound right that Steve Jobs would fit into a leader who destroys category. And so we came up with leaders who disrupt. So I think it would be only fair as we wind down to let to look at the 10 that we ended up coming up with and see if uh, if uh, Steve Jobs would fit into that. And he may not, by the way. Um, so they share information strategically, openly, and honestly to ignite innovation. Now, I don't know about the open and honest, but sharing information strategically, yes. Uh, they use power to challenge and reinvent norms. Probably. Uh, they foster a culture of intrinsic motivation and disruption. Um, there is still probably not. That's probably still pressure, fear, and hierarchy. They focus on performance within a vision of radical change. I think that's absolutely correct. They value integrity but allow for, un- for unconventional behavior. Maybe. They interrogate wins and move on from failures. I think sure. I think so. They set big, hairy, audacious goals and both inspire and challenge their teams to achieve the bold vision. For sure, big, hairy, audacious. They talk endlessly about possibilities. Hells yeah. They are secure in their power insofar that they are able to empower, delegate, and wield as they see fit. Yes. They navigate politics to foster innovation, not to gain personal advantage. I would say yes. I don't think he was, you know, insecure in his position. I mean, he'd already been fired. Uh, They encourage diverse thinking and challenge groupthink, probably. They allow people to function autonomously and and independently to figure it out themselves. I mean, maybe he was probably a bit of a control freak. They balance disruptive innovation with social responsibility, maybe, probably. They embrace risks as opportunities for innovation, preferring to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission, maybe. Uh, They inspire trust through both faith and action, definitely the... The, the faith in jobs we trust. So uh, the examples are Steve Jobs transformed multiple industries with his relentless focus on innovation and design at Apple, and Elon Musk consistently challenges and disrupts established industries as CEO of Space, X, Tesla, and Twitter. You know, I, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think actually, like, as a, as a way to just kind of wind down, uh, what I actually see in the end, it's, it's interesting 
because the the inspiration for leaders who disrupt came from Steve Jobs, and we put him in there. But I think the reality is is that you know my takeaway from this is that leaders will have a bit of all three. This is my new thought. Leaders will have a bit of all three. And it might be 70, 20, 10. It might be 60, 30, 10. It might be 33, 33, 33. But probably a great leader has to have a bit of all three. Um, You know, Mary Barra might be 10% disrupt and uh, 20% destroy and 70% deliver. Um, And that's fine. That's totally fine. The the intersection, the overlap, the synergy, the... uh, I mean, that's where the magic, the magic always happens in the overlap. The magic always happens um, in the overlap. Um, That's a nice little sound bite, don't you think? Um, I think, I'll tell you what I do think. What I do think is we are at the end. Uh, I'm going to just write that down because I like that. Uh, The magic happens in the overlap. Um, Have an amazing day. Do me a favor, if you can, um, you know, look at my tweet, share it, retweet it, um, you know, be amazing. If you know people in New York City that want to come to this event, five to eight, it's a beautiful day. There's a there's a rooftop, from what I understand. Um, there's wine and beer and and um, great speakers, and it's just a great day to launch a new company. Um, and we're better than New York City. So thank you, everyone, for coming today. Tomorrow we are back with uh, with Scott A. Martin discussing Groundswell, and it uh, be interesting to see how many people he brings. Uh, will we, can we get to 20 um, by bringing in an author and their community? I would say all uh, the Magic 8-Ball says all signs point to yes. Uh, So let's see. Tomorrow, this time, um, I will will have been able to put two of my hypotheses uh, to bed. Did anyone show up to my event? 1A, 1B, did anyone buy? And two, you know, did bringing and does bringing an author into the actual, you know, collective cafe help grow our collective cafe by bringing the audience um, so, you know, in a transparent environment, we'll get to see. I remember the code today is surrender and the Pope is available right now. And uh, I will see you all soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.